0: Hello everyone, welcome back for a new season of Cold Wave Soundcheck, I'm Aaron Pollock. This year we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Waves Aid Festival, running Thursday September 19th through Sunday the 22nd at Metro and Smart Bar in Chicago. Cold Waves is a celebration of Chicago's relationship with industrial music, the memory of a fallen brother, and a fundraiser for suicide prevention charities. In the summer of 2012, Chicago lost one of its most loved and respected sound engineers and musicians, Jamie Duffy. His abrupt passing had a profound effect on the electronic and metal music families he meant so much to. Cold Waves aims to shake the pillars of heaven by collecting the band, styles, sounds, and attitudes that Jamie held dear and cement the sound of a Chicago institution alive and well. This year's performers include Popple Eat Itself, Knitzer Ebb, Test Department, Filter, Chemlab, Lab, How Job, Severed Heads, Pig, and many, many more. Head to coldwaves.net for the full lineup and ticket links. This week we're chatting with Thursday Metro openers Panther, Allie, and Larry. This is Boot Blacks.
1: Ali and I were previously played music before Boot Blacks. So um, we actually uh, were friends and musicians and collaborators uh, before we moved to New York, basically in the post-punk lane, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We started this project as a different project, but that's sort of how it started. I mean, that's really it, right? We, we played music together before, and then we we started this project and we've been doing it since i guess what 2010 really
2: yeah we we were both living in san francisco playing music together and the the project that we were in was really fun it was a little limiting um and what we you know the musical scope that we were you know given to work within was a little limiting and i think the reason why we wanted to start this project together was to just have some musical freedom So we kind of just didn't give each other any limits as far as you know just kind of do whatever you want to do and just trust each other and it was a really rewarding experience for me so i think that's part of the reason why it's lasted so long i think that we just really kind of trust each other to do whatever we feel
1: yeah because we've been doing it for i guess nearly nine years now so narrowed was we had done a bunch of music and songs before that but narrowed was the first kind of um like i guess original (laughs) statement about um the music that we're kind of doing now, or at least it seems kind of like a rough draft to the style that we develop now, because I think when we first started off, we were definitely in a more sort of stricter post-punk lane before that. So, I mean, that album is our first album, but also it took a little bit of while for us to get there. So I think that's sort of the, the beginning of the genesis for us. It was a real kind of like blessing for us when we did Narrowed, because we met a guy um, when we moved here, a producer named Brian Scott Herman, and he was, uh, you know, just, I don't know, friend of a friend, and he, he was a really talented producer. And I think that we, we didn't really know what we were going for initially, and he kind of helped us kind of find some strengths on that EP. And it is kind of interesting because I think that EP is totally different from what we were doing before, but that EP led into doing Veins with Brian to me veins is kind of just the next thing after narrowed it's the next kind of you know it's the full length statement to the sort of kind of ideas that we tried out on narrowed
0: and then fragments was the last full length that you guys put out
1: fragments is like just kind of more of those same ideas um i think that For us, there was more and more movement towards like electronic elements. I mean, we do still I mean, obviously we have live drums and that's a big component. We have live guitar. I don't know. I think I think moving from just kind of a more kind of a rock post punk setup or, you know, guitar bass setup, we've moved farther and farther away from that. I think, you know, as far as like the bass stuff goes and, and synths and textures and stuff, I think fragments is the kind of next one down the road. I
2: think having Barrett join the band was was a big influence there. It was kind of fun to have somebody who was just dedicated specifically to doing synth synth and samples and stuff. You know, prior to that Panther was kind of like multitasking and singing and playing synth and stuff so it was interesting to bring someone into the mix that was like focused on that element because he came up with some really interesting ideas we we wouldn't have come up with. Yeah, like
1: a full-time electronic person, someone like who's I think, good at
2: programming. Yeah, I think
1: that we we're all kinda of like balancing those tasks out and then you know, Barrett kind of on fragments filled that sort of you know niche with just doing full time electronic and synth work to a more professional level, I think, and, and less like, you know, more more of an alive setting too instead of like a consideration after the fact for recording.
0: Mm-hmm. You're working on your next album, Thin Skies. And I saw that you're working with um, Jason Corbett from Actors. So tell me about uh, syncing up with him. Dad 4. That's what we call him.
1: <laughs> dad 4. That's a little shout out to his nickname. That's just a personal thing because I have a lot of dads in my life. So he's the uh, <laughs> he's, the
0: fourth, he's the
1: fourth dad in my life. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, we're just, I'd just like to first say, like, not just a producer, but I think in Jason and in the band Actors... We just kind of got lucky over the last year of, um, you know, like you meet a lot of people, you play with a lot of people, and you might like a lot of those people and be acquainted with those people. But I think, you know, it's a rare instance to kind of meet someone who, like, you're just friends right away. So that was kind of like the main thing. We we played uh, Treffin with them and, and a couple other festival shows, Murder of Crows, and uh, and we just got along with them as people and we toured with them. And, and that was just a lot of fun. But Jason also just happens to be a super producer.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. He invited us out.
1: He invited us out to do it. And we were more than willing to do it. So we just kind of, I just feel really lucky to have that uh, relationship with him personally and professionally. And so, um, yeah, we went out to Vancouver actually just last month and recorded with him. And it was a wonderful experience and yeah. i'm really excited about what we did and i actually think that like he helped us do some stuff that was a bit outside of probably like challenged what we were capable of in our comfort zone yeah, yeah. so i'm just really excited about what we did there and um it was a great experience and be really excited to share it with everybody
0: yeah does anyone not love that guy <laughs> he's, he's kind of
2: amazing
1: yeah i don't know he's uh yeah i don't think so
2: I
0: got to talk to him last year and then he played all three legs of the Cold Wave show. Yeah. Yep. just I was watching the crowd and the first song, you know, everyone's being polite and they're standing there and, and it only took maybe two or three songs and he just, he owned the entire crowd. And yeah. I saw that, I, I didn't go to the Chicago show, but I saw this happen in New York and I saw it happen in LA and I was like, he just has this magic touch
2: and it never gets old whenever we tour with them every night well, I, we all watch them play every night and it's just as good every night
1: i think there's a, there can be a gardenist or some sometimes that comes off as insincerity but he's a sincere person so i think that i mean i don't know i don't want to reflect this back to ourselves but i'd like i don't know i think that we just have a sincere love of what we're kind of doing and, and yeah he, and i don't know that's why i you know i feel like our personality is connected with him and I don't know, he's just a charming bastard, what can I say?
0: (laughs) Your new album's going to come out on Artifact. I feel like Artifact has really, really come out, you know, over the last several years as as this big influencer in the scene, and they're putting out a lot of great albums, and they're signing a lot of great bands. So tell me about what it means to to be able to put that out with them.
1: That's a big deal. Like, I mean, I think you said it. You know what I mean? Uh, That's, I think that's super accurate. And um, for us, it's a big deal because... The record industry has changed so much over, you know, with the internet and over the course of time. I just think it's so interesting to see them operating a record label in that kind of old sensibility about curating artists that are on the label.
2: Artist um, development. Artist
1: artist development, trying to be tastemakers. And so for us to be selected as part of that is, I mean, it's a huge compliment for us. They're one of the last remaining record labels that are kind of operating in that that old paradigm that's, um, yeah, kind of gone. And it's exciting to be part of that because just that's what I wanted when I was a kid, you know, and that kind of relationship with the record label. So it's turning out to be that way. And yeah, you're right. They are influential. And I think that's great.
0: The last release you put out, it was it was a part re-release of your first EP, but it also had your part-time punk session that you did. I didn't know about part-time punks before I saw you put out a release with it, and then I saw a couple other bands seem to be doing that. And I always loved recorded live sessions with bands, whether it was the MTV Unplugged or, or the Daytrotter site or JBTV or, or things like that.
1: Well, part-time punks for me personally is kind of a big deal because even though I've lived in New York for whatever, 10 years and consider myself a New Yorker, I was born in L.A. and grew up there. That's where I spent my kind of young years. And part-time punks is always a thing there, right? So when I was, you know, too young or not in a band that was really ready to play that party, um, you know, it was the thing. And again, it's sort of analogous to Artifact, right? It's It's sort of L.A.'s ongoing sort of night or party and you know michael does curation there where it's sort of like the thing to do so for me personally it was a big deal to to play it and an honor in that way and uh yeah so anyways we got to play it i guess that would be a year and a half ago and we actually recently played it again with actors a couple weeks ago but the the live sessions are cool because i mean i agree with everything you said i feel like that's another kind of vestige from the past that's really cool you know that you would get these live sessions and you get another side of the band. And at least for us, I think that's something we've struggled with, like in the production of our previous records is getting kind of a live sound. So it was fun to do that. And we worked with Josiah, who's a really talented guy there in his studio. And it was a really great experience because it was a totally live experience. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing from top to bottom from just playing part-time punks and being associated with that from doing the recording with Josiah was wonderful.
0: Bringing it over to Cold Waves, you guys are going to open Thursday night show at Metro. For me personally, that that Thursday night lineup that speaks to me the most.
2: Mm. I'm excited about like everyone that's playing. That even the after parties are insane. It's insane. Uh, to be included in this is, is I'm so excited. It's just such an yeah. honor.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of a weird thing because from Artifacts, Part Time Punks to this, it's been like a really great year for us because. You know, it's it's like a, it's it's great to be included in all these experiences that really respect other bands, and it's just very exciting. Also, whatever, I'll give a private shout out to Light Asylum because I love yeah, Shannon. Maybe. She's a good friend of ours.
2: She's actually DJing our after party that yeah. Thursday night.
1: So whatever, I just love her. But I mean, I I wouldn't even want to say. I mean, it's just it's super exciting that we're playing the whole thing, and
2: um, also just to play on that stage. The bands that have played on that stage at the Metro is yeah.
1: It's also just a great venue. It's yeah, like I'm
2: really excited. There's
1: a lot of like reverence for us this year, so yeah. I think that's... yeah. When we
2: played in Seattle, we played on a stage that the the bands that have played on that stage at the Central Saloon yeah are just yeah. staggering.
1: Yeah, Nirvana and Soundgarden, and other people. Jimi Hendrix? I don't know it's, it's
2: Honey. Like
1: yeah. I mean, this I think is ridiculous. I think we're all like you know music nerds and people who care about that sort of stuff. So. There's a lot of reverence there. And yeah, I don't yeah, it's a ridiculous lineup, so we're just glad to be part of it.
2: Yeah.
0: So I I was looking at your your website. At the bottom of the page, you have all the all the flyers. I love just the the historical part of that, and you could tell there's such distinct art styles from some of those. The the hand-drawn ones for Not Your Babe and Nowhere to Run, like those are just so cool. Talk about just putting those up and just saving those those moments because you guys have been around long enough where I'm sure things just blur together and you might not remember things, but I think having those things up on the site might trigger a memory or something like that.
1: I'll give Barrett 100% credit for that because
0: I just uh I don't know like
2: it is a blur i think that's
1: yeah and and I, th- I think you know not for whatever barrett not you know being a newer member he enjoys looking to that like nostalgia or whatever about it and i'm glad that he did it because i don't even know where he got half of those <laughs> and i and i think like a handful of them i made or something like that i'm kind of amazed that he got them all it is cool to look at you know and and barrett has a good sort of collective mind for music history and that kind of thing it doesn't surprise me that he did it and i'm glad that he did it uh, i remember like just personally i think that i don't know maybe because things are digital now or whatever but i do think it's larry knows about this he has there's a great he has a great collection of posters and all of his memories he's Connected to that, but I, even just more simply, when I was really young, I used to. You go to like some older kid's room, and they'd have like a bunch of cool flyers on the on the wall and stuff. And you're like, oh, I can't believe you saw so and so. Yeah. And yeah, it's cool. I don't know. Like, flyers is definitely part of the material culture of like.
2: Yeah. And I agree that I agree that things become a blur. You know, it's just play, it's just weird. play though. a lot of shows, so it is. It's cool to be able to look back because there's definitely some flyers that I look at and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that we were on that bill.
1: Yeah, but it's also just really weird because, like, I don't know, like, look at yourself and look at those flyers. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you if you went to the Fillmore or something, you would go and look at all these flyers. And not to say that, you know, it's necessarily equivalent, but you, like, go to and you look at these flyers and you're like, wow. But I guess, you know, if you've been playing music long enough, yeah. you get a piece of that as well.
0: Someone got me a, a ticket stub book. Uh, I don't know how long ago. And I had all these ticket stubs just sitting in a in a drawer somewhere. And I... I, f- I filled up most of the book really quickly in old shows that I completely forgot about. And it, it would be so faded at this point, like I had Nine Inch Nails with Bowie, which was my first concert ever back in 95. Yeah. Or it's like, you don't you don't even get ticket stubs anymore. You, you either scan your phone on the way in or you get a, a printout that just gets thrown out. It's just like, yeah. I, I miss being able to, to look at all those things. Now I, I I have a Facebook check-in if I remember, like that's not the same thing.
1: No.
2: I agree. Whenever I can get actual tickets, I do.
1: I don't know. Maybe that's the, the changing way, but it's nice to have these like physical things left over or whatever, yeah. you know?
2: But I agree. Even having that stuff archived on the site, is just, it's it's cool. I'm glad he did that.
1: I just told Barron I'm glad that, I don't know, he did it.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we talked about you, you're working on the new album. Do you have um, a release date set for that or not yet?
2: I think we're planning out pretty far.
1: Yeah, I think it's supposed to be at like the end of um, end of the year, I guess. I don't know. It's we're sort of a weird band where we've always just like recorded it and basically released it. So this is the first time where we're just going to kind of like we recorded it, work on it, just kind of I mean it's it's, it's the relationship that we have with Jason, so it's just going to depend on how he wants to produce it. And we we're just not in a rush to do it because we have a lot of touring dates coming up and stuff like that and the stuff with Artifacts kind of new so i think hopefully by the end of the year but i'm kind of excited just to be able to sit on it and spend some more time with letting getting some distance on it rather than you know just recording it putting it out
2: and then i know actors are working on new stuff and leathers are working on new stuff and there may or may not be a convergence of releases for those three things yeah so stay tuned for potential news there
0: You devour dreams On this episode, you heard Hold and Dissolve, Low Fantasy, and Captives. Boot Blacks can be found at bootblacks.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Madmaker by Acumenation. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Vincent and Hannah from Wingtips. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Back in 2004, I posted on the Crack Nation message boards that my friend, in quotes, was embarrassed to admit that he had never listened to Skinny Puppy and wasn't sure how to get started. This was Jamie's response. July 7th, 2007. If your friend, in quotes, like Acumen, ChemLab, and 16Volt, make a compilation with the more accessible, parentheses, guitar songs on them. Dig it, Fascist Jokic, Tin Omen, Jaya, then Death, Immortal, Protest, and then add more tried-and-true hits. Warlock, Assimilate, Inquisition, Convulsion, or Spasmolytic, Testure. I would also suggest Love in Vain, Process, Shoreline Poison, Harsh Stone White, or VX Gas Attack. And then cap it off with noisy, instrumental shit. Rivers or Coralone. Every Song on Last Rites from Scrapyard to the End, Reclamation. Then fill the rest with Doubting Thomas. To listen to Jamie's Skinny Puppy Mix in Spotify, check the link in the show notes.